0: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm from Chicago, so this is the first event I've done all year in my home city. This is great. Uh, I've been invited here to talk about a new subject that you're hearing about in the real estate industry called digital twins, and how digital twins are being applied to decarbonization of buildings specifically, and what all of this means for the metaverse in real estate, if anything at all. So quickly, a couple of definitions. Um, Digital twins are virtual replicas of real things. In the case of the building industry, they're replicas of real buildings and the assets inside them. But they're uniquely connected to all of the data in and around those those assets. And they can be used at all phases of the building lifecycle, from design and planning to construction, logistics, and ultimately the ongoing operations and maintenance of facilities. So I'm going to give you a quick peek into a project that we did in Las Vegas, a digital twin project that was focused on delivering a a decarbonization use case to building owners. Let me show that to you. 39%
1: 39% of global carbon emissions come from the buildings in our cities. Currently, less than 2% of America's 6 million office buildings are green. What if we could help buildings, infrastructure and cities reach net zero faster without risk and at a fraction of the cost? At City Zenith, that's what we do. Our Smart World platform leverages cutting-edge AI to automate the complex decarbonisation process. Powerful 3D visualisation tools help clients analyse and predict performance in real-time, simplifying financial and operational decision-making. Thanks to our partnership with the City of Las Vegas, our Las Vegas Digital Twin features an unprecedented level of real-time sustainability data. Inside buildings, sensors monitor complex metrics, feeding data continuously into SmartWorld, including information about traffic density and air quality, helping planners, developers, and city officials make Las Vegas a more efficient, sustainable, and enjoyable city. Inside buildings, SmartWorld OS allows users to optimize their operational and energy systems, ensuring occupants enjoy a high-quality environment. CityZenith's Zenith's new SmartWorld OS Net Zero module continuously monitors clients' energy consumption, tenant behavior, and renewables performance, making it simple to purchase high-quality verified carbon offsets to ensure properties maintain Net Zero compliance, providing the only true end-to-end Net Zero solution for building owners today. City Zenith. We pledge to make the built environment a cleaner, safer, more efficient place for all. Join us.
0: Not quite sure what happened. Here's why there, I but threw away all my
1: blood pressure meds.
0: You know, I'm going to have to send you guys the, the video for that. I don't know why it's not coming through, but the uh, um, the let me try it one more time because that's kind of interesting. Have to sit for another 60 seconds of this.
1: 39% of global carbon emissions come from the buildings in our cities. It's not moving. Currently, less than 2% of America's 6 million office buildings are green. What if.
0: All right. So you're going to have to have powerful imaginations here to imagine what that looks like. What I'll do is. Mm, City Zenith has a YouTube channel where we have a dozen projects like this that will show you what a digital twin looks like in use. I have many examples of it here I'm going to talk to, uh, to give you a a, uh, a description of the business case. So let's just move on from there. Some of you uh, may have heard about this technology. Uh, It's providing a lot of value, especially operationally right now. Uh, both in the real estate sector, but as well as infrastructure, there's a lot of reports that have been published from Ernst & Young to McKinsey about the value proposition of digital twins. This this data comes from Ernst & Young report a few months ago, uh, showing that uh, based upon the analysis of digital twin use to date in buildings and infrastructure, that they're able to help reduce operating costs by more than a third boost productivity by anywhere from 10 to 90% in some cases, and help cut emissions dramatically. Also, cities are beginning to rely on urban digital twins. Uh, I think there was a Forbes article recently that argued that in, I think, three or four years, 500 major world cities will be relying on digital twins, which means that everything else in those cities will have to be relying on digital twins, too. That's helping to drive a a major uh, surge in the market of adoption of digital twin technology around the world. We as a company focus on, on buildings and the use of digital twin technology to do a couple of things, one of which is decarbonized buildings. Buildings, as we all know, are the major uh, generators of emissions in cities, 75 85%, 39% of all emissions worldwide, and three quarters of all of uh, the Existing buildings in this country need to be retrofit to meet the net zero goals that cities are now adopting. But only 1.7% of our existing building stock is actually green, and less than 0.01% of that building stock is net zero. Bless you. So there's an opportunity here for American cities and and building owners to lead by example. Uh, What's driving the market is that in the past 12 months, city after city has begun to publish mandates requiring building owners to eliminate or significantly reduce emissions. New York City now has Law 97, Washington, D.C., Boston as well, St. Louis. Ithaca, uh, Los Angeles is soon to pass an ordinance. And so these are going to become uh, a reality uh, for building owners, which they'll be required to address very soon around the country. So you know, how do you get to net zero in the first place? It's really a few things. It's not a thing you flip a switch and get there. It's a process. It takes some time. It involves, first and foremost, implementing monitoring equipment, whether that's IoT or sensor or BMS monitoring equipment to uh, observe and react to uh, building performance, including energy performance in real time. It involves maximizing the use of renewable energies on and off-site, whether that's solar or or, uh, radiant heat or geothermal or uh, even off-site sources. And finally, to get to true net zero, Balancing that with the purchase of carbon offsets to get to an actual net zero condition. Finally, all that has to be continuously monitored and then recertified every year until the actual net zero condition is met. Typically, these take a few years, net zero projects. There's a bunch of reasons they don't happen. Right now, green building retrofits are expensive, you know, two to seven dollars per foot. If you're paying If you know about energy costs in this country, it's about $2.10 per foot per year. So it's a lot to pay this much out for retrofit, uh, especially with a lot of risk involved in the retrofit itself. That has led to payback periods on those investments of 10 to 15 years, which is long. And generally, in the real estate ownership uh, continuum, we see the top of the pyramid liking to see returns on investments within three to five years. So as such, we just don't get as much money put in this direction as we'd like to see. And to hit these net zero goals that are now being mandated, becoming law, there's a big gap between what is becoming law and actual practice in the industry. There's a lot that has to happen to make buildings net zero. Um, We think the most important thing to do initially is to use data to understand where you are and where you need to go. So digital twins allow you to take data, all of your data, aggregate it into a common framework to run simulations. We do the same thing with our technology. We aggregate all the data around the net zero use case to run simulations for the owner, if-then situations, to recommend equipment choices, financial choices, and so on and so forth. Today, there's probably this many tools that building operators are dealing with in their ecosystem from the design to the operational side. And there isn't a single platform which actually aggregates the information from these tools and makes it meaningful in a way in which you can optimize operations across the entire uh, continuum of operations. And that's what digital twins are doing generally, not just us. We think this is the right answer, digital twins, for solving complex, building related issues like decarbonization, because they are excellent at helping to aggregate and simulate data. They help to predict, using artificial intelligence, that data. They can predict consumption patterns, which is very valuable. Uh, It allows you to study multiple different scenarios in parallel to choose the optimal one. And allows you to also, because these are virtual representations of Living, breathing things, they live with the project in the building over its life cycle. So they can be used to monitor that building on an ongoing basis. And when and where adjustments need to be made, they can be made in the digital twin, which is the beauty of it. All of this is required for annual compliance reporting. In terms of numbers, <clears throat> we're seeing a lot of. Uh, the beginning of the quantification of the value of digital twins to owners uh, in, uh, on the bottom line rent premiums going up, sales premiums going up NOI increases dr- dramatically and even significantly recre- uh, decreased um, operating expenses that you would expect uh, for the, the Investment of approximately 20 cents per square foot, owners can realize a net value of at least $3 per square foot in their annual savings by deploying digital twin technology to undertake that process. And so we think that because of the complexity of the the retrofit process, there is an intermediary type of technology involved that needs to help get the owner there before they go there and spend all of that money. Basically, you can scenarioize all of it before anybody spends a dollar. And because all buildings are custom, or most of them, you need a tool that can react to that. So we've been working with property owners, facility managers, infrastructure operators, energy firms, architects, engineers, planners, even governments. The kind of things we do at this moment, our company, are relatively large scale. We've done entire airports. We've done three greenfield cities, uh, university campuses, districts. Uh, we're working on something in Chicago, which is uh, basically a, a smart district. Um, large infrastructure projects. We did something in the UK that was uh, a high-speed bullet train from Oxford to Cambridge. We've done a lot of large-scale things. and. You know, we're working now with, towards actually uh, moving away from, or not, I shouldn't say away from, from doing only large scale projects to doing, having a product that anybody can plug and play. It's taken years to get to that point, and we're going to be releasing it next year. It's a product called TwinUp. It's a, if you're an owner and you have no idea what a digital twin is, but you need one, you need a TwinUp. It's, it's basically a pop-up out-of-the-box digital twin baseline 101. And we've been working with owners now for years. And what we realize is there's a big gap between where they are technologically and where a digital twin can go. So there's a need for this kind of intermediary step to get them a baseline tool. And that baseline tool for us is TwinUp. We do projects partnerships. We have a. A, a, a model in which we are now going to be releasing to, to uh, a, as a platform model to architects coming next year. We I made an attempt to show you the Las Vegas project but failed. It's still online if you go to the CityZenith YouTube channel. Um, we also did some really interesting things in Phoenix. We're working on a major residential tower in in uh, in Dubai right now in Saudi Arabia. Actually, we we did a big project with Hyatt. Next door here, but in New York with Christian Wakefield. I mentioned the big Oxford Cambridge project we did some years ago in a whole city for Norman Foster uh, in India called Amravati. So all this stuff is kind of getting attention now. Um, we were you know, mentioned over a 1,000 times in the media in the last year. So I think digital trends is becoming a hot topic. It's something that definitely people are talking about. I was on CNBC the other day because I was being asked about the climate bill and what impact that would have on companies like us. And they picked five companies in America that CNBC has been tracking, and we're one of those five. They featured us about four months ago, and then they came back and asked us again what we thought. And we said it should be great for companies like ours because it'll make it easier for the financing to be available for projects like these, which is part of the mechanisms that's that's necessary to make all this work. So. I think it was actually a very smart move for the country uh, and for the building industry because we kind of hit a point of stasis. We're falling behind Asia and Europe badly. It's not wise because we'll be operating more expensive, more polluting buildings, and as the world gets ahead of us, um, it will only become more expensive for us later to react. So, by this recent legislation is very encouraging. Uh, to hearing. Uh, uh, owners around the country talk about uh, going green. It's the best thing I've ever heard. There's many wonderful uh, 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 tools to help you get there, and digital trends certainly are one of them. I'll leave it with this: we had a um, we announced a program. It was about uh, two years ago to donate digital twins to major cities uh, for their free use, so they could begin to understand the value of these for their own decarbonization planning purposes. That's a program called Clean Cities, Clean Future. It's now active in New York, uh, Chicago, Los Angeles, Phoenix, other cities. We're very proud of it. That's all I have for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Do you have any questions? I think I have a few minutes. Yes. There is a, you you can have a digital twin, which has no 3D element at all. A digital twin is a virtual replica of something that exists in reality, but it's connected to all of the data around that entity, whatever it might be. Um, You can have an Office digital twin. Microsoft talks about that. It's not a 3D twin. Uh, You hear them most commonly used in the manufacturing, aerospace, building infrastructure world because of the 3D element. Um, They are particularly useful Because investigations um, via spreadsheets and other uh, traditional means, um, searching, navigation, um, these things are really hard to do for architects, planners, and construction people versus working in a navigable 3D environment with which they're familiar. So it's actually um, what it does for the spreadsheet data, the machine reading data, is actually give it meaning. And make it useful. No, no architect is going to sit down with spreadsheets and tabs and figure out a planning problem. But all that information is integrated into a GIS model, and they can introduce their own models and run simulations using that data. Now that spreadsheet data is useful. So I think there's a couple of things about digital trends. It's 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 to me to answer your question. I'm glad you're asking this. Every real there's a lot of, a lot of technology out there as. Um, a digital twin specialist, I would tell you is not digital twin technology. It's mostly BIM Plus or just 3D rendering technology, which is designed to give you something nice to look at with some data thrown on top of it, or it's it's CAD technology, or it's GIS with some BIM models, or it's Google Earth with a couple of things on it. Real digital twin technology, as it's being used at NASA and by the Air Force, has a front and back end. And the back end is all about data science and data piping and simulation. The front end is all about usability and navigation and the user experience and allowing the user to combine data in the front end in ways you could never do on the back end without a front end. So it has to have both of those pieces. But what today is being passed off as digital twin technology is mostly front end technology. But it can't do what the back end can really do. So, But that's not to say that there aren't great technologies that are coming out. There sure are, that have powerful back ends. I'm in the real estate industry. My CTO comes from Lockheed Martin. That's how much data science goes into the back end of the digital twin product. It's very different from a 3D rendering product that's used by the game industry or by animators. But where those worlds come together is magic. Other questions? Ma'am?
1: When It comes to existing connectors and then creating digital controls and things. I mean obviously there's some document and data that would be supplied, but my my thought actually we asked that. Um how do you go about making sure that it does match like what safe do you have, what processes do you have in place to make sure that you're digital Right. not a digital
0: Right. No, it's it's a good question. So there's different types of data, static and dynamic. Static dynamic or or static data would be something that's reported in a physical report or just report on on some periodicity. So once a year, we have a report. Dynamic data is coming to us all the time in real time. So temperature data, um, in the case inside the building, uh, humidity, uh, um, uh, air quality monitors, that's real time data. So, the key thing for digital twins is to have APIs that are connected to these data sources, right? So that whatever happens happens as real time as it happens in the data source itself. For example, a building permit database in the city of Chicago is updated every every week. The IoT sensors in your building will be every 15 minutes in some cases, right? So, what's happening is the twin is always being updated by these sources, right? And you want to be connected to via API to all sources that can be updated. Now, if you do a, uh, a renovation project, you need to, most of the time if you have a digital twin, you'll renovate in the twin first. And then you'll do the project, because you want to study, what's the impact on my energy costs if I do this? What's the impact on my you know, the, you know, uh, pedestrian flow between these three buildings if I make the, you know, you can study these things. Right, which I think is the future. What makes uh, existing buildings a challenge is the general lack of organized data in buildings. Um, you know, there there isn't aren't requirements for it per se. That's going to change with this new this new legislation that require uh, data to be you know, certificated in a certain way. But you know, and also owners will tell you that besides a few things, we might we might not have what's necessary. I think that's, my own view is that there's a bit of a wake-up call for the industry. Owners uh, do need to start thinking about their data. It's 2022. Somebody needs to help them. And you start with what they have, right, and you build out from there. So our product, TwinUp, that we came up with was designed to start with whatever they have. Because we realized if we tried to bring them over here, but we hadn't brought them here first, that that was not going to happen. So. Let them start with the meter data. Let them start with the architectural data, baseline twin, and then we can get some use out of that. Then we'll start occupancy and leasing and then all these things as time goes on. So you can build it out over time. But yes, there is a a general issue with ferreting out data in, let's say, uh, non-grade A, class A commercial buildings. Other questions? You're allowed to go if I'm talking too much. You don't have to stay. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you.